morning, church. God bless everyone. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, for allowing Lord to get here today. So, okay, I want to read Psalm 16. The Lord led me to Psalm 16 because it was about David who was going into battle. David was going into battle, and he needed the strength of the Lord, and he looked unto the Lord for his strength. So I want to read Psalm 16 for you all, and I hope that you will follow. Here we go. Um, it says, Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely, for you will not abandon my soul to Shiloh. Nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So we just thank you, God, for your word today, Lord God. We thank you for your people, Lord. We thank you for all those who are watching online today, Father God. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be present in this place today, Lord God. It would be present among your people, Father God. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way today upon us, Lord God. We thank you for the sanctuary, Lord God. We thank you for all those who are traveling in, my God. We ask for traveling mercies for each and every person, Father God, that are coming in today, Lord. Father God, most of all, we thank you for the word, Father God. We thank you for the word that you will pour into us, Lord God. We thank you for Pastor Nazario, our leader, Lord God, of this house, my God. We ask, Father God, that you would put a special anointing upon him, O oh Lord. Bless him, Lord God. Pour into him what he needs to pour into us, Father God. Lord God, prepare our hearts and ears to hear the word, Father God. And let us not leave the same, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, hallelujah, for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be hungry for you, Lord God. Help us, God, to have that reverence for you, Lord God, each and every day, Father God. We praise and, we praise and glorify your name today, Lord, this day that you have given us, Lord. For this is the day that you have made. You say, let us be glad and rejoice in it, Father God. Let us all be glad in this day, Father God. For we woke up this morning, Lord. We woke up. We got to see the sun, Lord God. We got to be able to drive in here today, Lord God. So we praise you and honor you for that, Lord. Because it is you who give us breath each day, Lord God. It is you, Father God, who allow us to wake up, my God. Lord, we thank you for the worship, my God. Hallelujah. We thank you for the worship, my God. Thank you for the praise, my God. Let it be a blessing unto your ears, my God. We thank you for the team, Father God, for all the members who will be worshiping your, the songs, Father God, that you have put in their hearts, my God. Thank you, Lord, Father God, for all that you're going to do in this house today, Lord God. Thank you for the AV team, my God. 
Lord, thank you for all that you're doing in this house, Lord, for just allowing us to grow closer to you each day, Lord. We honor you and glorify your name, Father God. We say hallelujah, Jesus, for who you are, Lord. For you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, Lord. We, we, we thank you, God, that we're able to come together as a body of Christ to worship and glorify your holy name today, Lord. We honor you, Lord. God, without you in our lives, we're nothing, Lord. We're nothing, Lord. We won't be able to stand without you, Lord. So we say thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Have your way today, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Lord. We love you, Father. We love you, Father God. We thank you again for all you do, all you do for us, Lord. And we honor you this day. We give you the glory and the honor through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen.
to praise him. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Praise him. Praise him. For he's good. The Lord is good. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. He gave his all. He gave his all. He sacrificed. He died for us so that we can be free. We have freedom. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Worship him. Worship. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Let's prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. Before we partake in the Lord's Supper, does everyone have their elements? Does anyone need? Great, great. So the thing is with the Lord's Supper, you know, our church, we do it once a month. But what I want to say about the Lord's Supper is that um, this is something that is more than a religious uh, event. Something that we don't take lightly. It's very important. It has to do with our relationship with God through, our, through His Son, Jesus Christ. And, you know, we just can't just do this without examining ourselves. So I'm going to go into uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27. To 29. And I'm going to reread from the Amplified. So whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. But, the pers but a person must prayfully examine himself and his relationship to Christ. And only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without solemn reverence and heartfelt gratitude for, for the sacrifice of Christ, eats and drinks a judgment on himself if he does not recognize the body of Christ. And what's so important, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we are all believers in Christ. Hopefully we are that, because this is not something for the unbeliever. This is something that we do in reverence and awe. You see, Christ, before he was about to give up his life and be crucified and go through a torturous battle, you know, death, he sat with his disciples because he knew that this was going to be the last time that he would do this. This is something that is, is more than just breaking bread and having a cup of wine. This is... This is about relationship. This is when he gave, he instituted a covenant. A covenant with him and the church, his bride. You see, this is why we have to examine ourselves. And it's not about perfection. Because in Romans 
chapter 3, 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glory standards. We don't, none of us meet the standard of God. But he is glorious. He is merciful, forgiving. And this is why we just can't do this and, and take the Lord's Supper, you know, and we have, you know, junk in us. We have, you know, and we have unforgiveness. So before we do this, I want us to take a moment of silence. This is you and Christ, your Savior, your Lord and Savior. I want you just to have a moment with him. And if there's anything in you that doesn't meet the requirement to do this, give it to God now. It's not about being perfect. Because God will take us as we are. But God has a standard. God has a ruling. Because he is God. He is sovereign. For God is holy. 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 Take that, take that moment of silence. And present your heart to God. So as we prepare to take part of the Lord's Supper, I want you to prepare the bread. Have it prepared. And I'm going to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 to 29. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. Jesus blessed the bread. He broke it. This symbolizes the breaking of his body, the suffering, the scourging carrying the cross to Calvary, being nailed and then he gave it to his disciples take, eat for this is my body eat of the body bread So then he took the cup and he gave thanks. 
and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink, drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. You may drink. So this concludes the Lord's Supper. Amen.
happened and situations occurred, but there's not always someone around to lift us up. So we have to be like David was, amen? And he encouraged himself in the Lord, hallelujah. And the Lord was faithful. God knows our beginning from our end, amen? Sometimes we just need a miracle from the miracle maker, amen? from the miracle maker hallelujah worship him today hallelujah worship him today come on let's worship the lord hallelujah praise you my lord god hallelujah
Hallelujah. Yes, we call upon his name, his only name. That's right. Jesus, Jesus. There's no other name on the heaven and earth that we can be saved. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now comes the time where, this is the time where we present our tithes and offerings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, praise. You see, tithing is something that, um, you know, when it comes to tithes and offerings, you know, we get a little skittish, you know, about giving money and everything else like that. Yeah, this mic is going a little tinny. But that's okay. You can still hear me. But um, for those of you who are online, um, I just, uh, just want to welcome you to Calvary. And when you're about to, if, if you're going to present your tithes or offerings, usually the tithe is for the membership here. And the tithe is something that is, belongs to God. It's 10% of your gross, not your net. I know that's a little mathematics here and all that. But, you know, if God could give his all to us, why can't we just give just a little bit? And he's not asking for a lot, but he's giving us so much. So much he's given us, you know? Without him, you know, he's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. And you know, there's so many names of God, but he has never, you know, forsaken us, you know? He's there for us. He's given everything. And not only that, it's not, not a lot of the things we ask of God is not basically tangible, like money and stuff like that. But, you know, what he's given me most of all is his son. His son. He's given me great health and everything else. So for those of you online, when you, uh, if you're going to give your tithes and offerings, um, you can go to our website, which is um, www.calvaryny.org. Again, that'll be www.calvaryny.org. That's it. www.calvaryny.org. Three W's, right? Three W's. Remember that. Every, every one of us are internet savvy. www. Dot CalvaryNY.org. That's it. Great, great. So offerings, we all know that the uh, tithe belongs to God, but the offering is something a little bit different. That comes from your heart. And that only you and God can, you know, can do that. You know, so in other words, you can present that. So as we present the tithes and offerings, I just want you to just present your envelopes, whatever is in your heart and all that. And this is, this is about you and God. It's about be, doing this in obedience. So, Heavenly Father, we bring you our tithes and offerings, for you have commanded us to bring the full tithe in your storehouse. We are blessed that your command is accompanied by a promise you said to test you in this. You told us to see if you will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for us, blessings without measure. You said you will protect what we have sold and that we will be fruitful and blessed. But we thank you for your goodness in our lives. As we give our tithes and offerings, we recognize your generosity in our lives. You are a giving God. You never, you can never, out, we can never outgive you. Never, never, we can never outgive you. You are a God who blesses and our lives are all blessed by you alone. Thank you, Father, for giving us financial blessings. We thank you for how you've been providing good jobs and businesses to everyone in this place. We thank you for the physical and mental strength that you provide so that we can 
all perform our best in our jobs, businesses, and ministries. Oh Lord, you lift us up and have blessed us with the ministry of this church. We thank you for our pastors, our elder, our ministers, our deacons, and our teachers who nurture us spiritually delivering the word. We thank you for each of our members who use their spiritual gifts to bless others. We thank you for the rich fellowship we enjoy with each other and corporately with you. We now give our tithes and offerings to you, Lord, to support the ministry of this church, your church, in our community, in the Bronx, nation, nationwide, and worldwide. Amen. Amen. At the direction of the ushers, please present your tithes and offerings.
Guys, uh, testing, testing, testing. testing. Is, is that a glitch or is that? Is it, if it's the battery, then maybe. Huh? It's just porqueria. Okay. Porqueria is a Spanish word. I'm sure it's a slang word for, you know, not up to par. Up to par. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I was, I was saying that it's good to see uh, those in the house that are here and those that are online, uh, amen. We see uh, Brother Larry, uh, Pastor Lisa, Francis Lopez from Florida. Um, Testing one, two. Is that all right? Could you hear me? Amen. And so we have Francis Lopez, Vera, Pastor Lisa, we have Larry, we have Pastor Eileen, praise God, Dr. Richie. We have Denise, and they're fellowshipping with us. So even though we see this number here, we also see others there. And I love the fact that during the week, others also attend our service. They have the opportunity. Uh, you know what I forgot? I forgot my water. Is it possible to bring me my water when you get a chance? Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All righty. I'm going to start a new series. <clears throat> thank you. And the new series, uh, I, I, I got to tell you, it's powerful. It's been ministering to me. Uh, it's been reminding me of things that I have to watch out for in my walk. Because truly, you know, we are at war. You know, and, and still there are people out there that don't realize that we are at war. Yes. We are at war globally, and it's, a, it's an idea of philosophies, cultures. I mean, we are, it's, it's, one is hitting the other. We're just confronting each other. Um, we, we also have a, a diabolical confrontation yes. where they're trying to bring everything that uh, we used to call sin into the mainstream. Yes. And then their language and their rhetoric is doing their best to shift that into good and then take everything that we have known that is good and make it bad. Amen. And I don't know if you're seeing it. It's just, it's happening right before us. This is not something that, I mean, when I was uh, 15, when I first came to Jesus, 
in 19, I don't know, 70 something, 74 or 76, um, they were talking about that. There's coming a day, there's coming a day. Well, guess what? We're in that day. We are actually in that day. So I'm gonna start a series called The Weapons of Our Warfare. The Weapons of Our Warfare. And today's title, I named it simply, Why Do We Need Weapons? Mm. Why do we need weapons? Amen. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace, your love, your tender mercies. Heavenly Father, I pray that you minister mightily through your word and grant us the opening of the eyes of our understanding that we might be able to see clearly, Lord God, that which you are saying to us. We give you the glory and we thank you, Father, because faith comes by hearing your word. So as we hear your word today, uh, Lord God, I know that we're going to receive faith faith to stand, faith to believe, faith to know who we are in you, what you have already done for us, the finished work of the cross. So we give you the glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. So there are three main reasons why uh, we need weapons of warfare. Three main reasons. So the first main reason is that we're at war. You need weapons because you're at war. In a time of warfare, the soldiers need war. Yes. Number two, we have an adversary. Yes. If you have an adversary who's coming at you, what do you do? Well, you, 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 there's several things you could do. You could run away from the adversary. You could ignore the adversary because he's not going to go away. But you could ignore him for a while, right? Or number three, you could fight that adversary and bring him down. Amen. Right? So we have an adversary. Number one, we're at war. Number two, we have an adversary. Yes. So number one is... Number two is? And number three is? I'm going to tell you right now. Number three, we go through adversity when we're at war. This, is, this happens. It's normal. A war season is not the same time or the same thing as peace season. There's a different culture in peace than there is in war. Different mindset, different expectations. When this nation was at war years ago, people were just happy to have food. They understood they were at war. When the men were out there, for the most part, the women were home making bombs and making different things. Everybody was working toward that end to be able to wage a righteous war and, and to win that war. So, number one, we are. Number two. Number three. We go through adversity. Bless you, Pastor. So there are three key verses that I'm going to be talking from. The first key verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. And we all know that, but I'll read them. Then 1 Peter 5, 8, and then Proverbs 24, 10. So these three verses uh, will help me to share some of what I want to say today. And I have a lot to say. Um, not that I want to talk a lot. It's just there's a lot of content that I think we need to embrace, start hearing, hear it again. I think you should take this and listen to it later on also. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Okay? Even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And that, that is very telling because the world walks in the flesh. That's what they know, that's what they understand. When they fight, they fight with guns and bombs and things of that nature. But our warfare is different. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And the key there, it's in God. Our warfare is connected to our relationship with God. Amen. You can't do this kind of battle. You can't fight the devil in the flesh. It's not, it's that you're not going to win. You have to battle this in God. And then 1 Peter 5 eight says, be sober, be vigilant. Now the sober means, you know, be awake. Yes. Don't be drunk. Be alert. Yeah. Right? Be vigilant, watching constantly. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then the third verse, Proverbs 24.10. And this is also very telling. But it's also indicative of what's happening in the body of Christ. Many in the body of Christ have gotten hit so hard. Tell them I'll call them back afterwards. You know, some people have gotten hit so hard that their strength has left their body. You know? But it says here, Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That's very telling. So in adversity, our strength should be high. It should be the converse of that, that statement. If, you're, if your strength is, or rather if you faint in the day of adversity, that means your strength is small. So your strength should be strong. It should be high. So when adversity comes, you're able to deal with adversity. So first point then. Let me, let's get to the first point. We are at war. What's the second point? What's the third point? We go through adversity, right. So let's discuss the first one. We are at war. So the warfare definition is simply military service, military life, war. But also, uh, when you talk about war, you're talking about a contest. It's a struggle. And when we look at it from a spiritual vantage point, we're saying it's a spiritual battle with a spiritual enemy. Right? It's an enemy, but it's spiritual. It's in the spirit. And this spiritual enemy goes around deceiving people into receiving yes. that dialogue that he wants them to believe. Yes. And you see it today, how they're trying to force things down our throats. They're trying to force a culture. Uh, and if we don't, then immediately they start intimidating. Well, if you don't do this, then you are uh, phobic this, phobic that, phobic the other, yes. right? Yes. Trying to shame you into going with the system. Believe it or not, People are not that smart. What's happening today, this is a spiritual battle. There are principalities and powers involved that, that are leading this. And it's a, it's a global scale. It's attacking every area of this earth. So understand it's a spiritual battle. So it's a contest. Who's going to win? Well, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. The word strongholds has to do with reasonings, arguments. See? And so we are battling culture. We're battling arguments. We're battling narrative. Yes. But our narrative is not primarily to win an election. Our narrative is not primarily to, uh, you know, I guess, be the most famous. Our narrative is to take people from the power of darkness yes. and translate them amen. to the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. Politics, amen. Politics will come and go. You'll have one president this four years, maybe you have another four years, another president. The Democrats might be in charge one year. The Republicans might be in charge another year. So that'll come and go. Our narrative is eternal. Yes, we don't have a temporal narrative. Right. 
So when we deal with the weapons of our warfare, we understand that we go beyond political seasons, we go beyond uh, this particular teaching, this particular narrative, it's an eternal narrative. And we have to come into this season, into this warfare, with a sense of the love of God, the grace of God, but also being sober and understanding that we have a bad devil. That's right. it's just, it's, he's a bad devil. Right. He's looking, the Bible says he's looking whom he may devour. And any chance he gets, he hates you. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to thrive. He doesn't want your faith to be strong. Yes. He doesn't want you to persevere. He wants you to give up. Yes. And so you have to know this. Yes. So because of that, we have to build ourselves up each and every day. We have to build ourselves in our most holy faith yes. Yes. and in the word of God yes. so that our strength will be high Amen. in the day of adversity. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Paul told Timothy, I charge you this. I commit this to you. Son, Timothy, according to the prophecies made previously concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. See, there's a warfare that Timothy was battling, was fighting, and Paul was telling him that. It's war. So I charge this. I commit this to you. And there are prophecies even regarding this that you may wage war with the word. You may war, wage war with the prophecies that were given you. Amen. So we are to wage war with that which God gave us, the word of God. We're to wage war with our faith. We are to wage war with those prophetic words that God gave us. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, 4, it says, You, therefore, must endure hardship. Huh? Yeah, hardship. Yes. Say that to your neighbor. Hardship. 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 Hardship as opposed to softship. <laughs> In other words, this is not a walk for the weak or for the faint. Oh. You're going to go through hardship. Amen. Amen. And it says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Why in the world would he call Timothy a soldier if they were not at war? That's right. See, he understood it then. We're still in the same warfare now. He says, no one engaged in warfare. There's the word again. Warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In this case, we're pleasing Almighty God. So there are thoughts uh, about your enemy. There are thoughts about our assignment and what the enemy would try to do regarding your assignment. So you're always going to have an enemy. Say to your neighbor, sorry, you're always going to have an enemy. <laughs> yeah, and, and many times the assignment that you're walking in will literally bring out your enemy. Say that to your neighbor. Your assignment will bring out your enemy. When Joseph spoke about his dream to his brethren, guess what? they became his enemy. When Moses was born and Pharaoh heard about it, Pharaoh had, to, had tried to get him killed. A lot of children were killed trying to get this prophetic boy, enemy. When Esther became queen, Haman showed up. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem King Herod immediately took action to have him killed. When Nehemiah received permission to build the wall, to rebuild the wall, guess what? Guess who came out? His enemies. 
So when you discover your assignment and you start walking in it, understand it's great. Oh, yay, thus said the Lord is going to use you, he's going to bless you, you're going to preach to the nations, and you're going, yay, yay, yay. <clears throat> Guess what? Your enemy just heard that. Amen. Yep. And once he, once he apprehends that understanding, he's going to come at you to try to hinder you. So we're going to go through challenges just because of the anointing that's on you, just because of the Spirit of God that's, that's upon you. He's out to rob, kill, and destroy. See, and Jesus made it very simple. He said that. He says, the enemy comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that you may have life, that you might have it more abundantly. So if you're enjoying life, amen, that's Jesus. But if something's trying to rob, kill, destroy you, that's the enemy. I don't need a word of the Lord in that. I have the sure word. So I understand. When he comes at me, don't look at God and say, oh, God, why are you allowing that? What are you talking about? I told you you have an enemy. Fight him with my word. Fight him with my word. But the thing about adversity is adversity is a marvelous thing. Because adversity will break you down. Adversity will challenge every fiber in your being. Adversity will offend you. Adversity will hurt you. Adversity will cut at you. I'm telling you, it will leave you on the floor bleeding. It's the same thing as you're in the, ho in the hospital in an operating table and the, the, the doctor is cutting in because he wants to excise something that's not, you know, supposed to be in your body, right? And you're there, you're bleeding, and guess what? You give him a check for that. You say, thank you, doctor, for cutting me, for hurting me. Yeah, because after you finish, you go home, you got, now you've got to deal with that thing. Some people aren't good for another six months. I remember my wife years ago, I say years ago, she got an operation on me. You know, they, they went in and cleaned up some cartilage. And for six months, she had an issue walking. She had like a slight limp. In those days, I was able to beat her up. Because <laughs> she couldn't, I, I, I could smack her upside the head, she couldn't catch me. But once that knee got better, that's it. All bets were off. <laughs> yeah, about six months it took. And yet, we thanked the doctor. That was funny, huh? <laughs> you know, it was funny because you know Gwen. That's why. <laughs> no, no. You know, but I'm just, I remember. I remember that day. It's just, it was very hard for her. But we give him, we give him a check and we thank him. He cut us. And it was all right. Same thing with adversity. We should look at adversity and say, thank you, adversity. I love this offense. I love the fact that I'm feeling so down right now because I know you're working a deep work within me. But it helps us because in adversity, we have to sacrifice. In adversity, it stretches us. It pulls at us. So I can't anymore. God says, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. You, you're going to go through this for a while. But this is gonna it's gonna break you and remake you. Amen. Amen. Adversity teaches you to trust God. Part of our problem is we're prideful and we only trust ourselves. We trust our abilities. We trust our our smarts. We 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 are like Jacob. You know, Jacob used to be able to deceive and stuff like that, and and and, and avoid problem issues until God said, okay. You like to run fast, right? Touch this hip, 
That's it. Now he depended upon God. And sometimes God touches our hip. And we're all there, all alone, and after complaining, moaning, and groaning, and complaining, and griping, we go to God. And God said, good, I was here all alone. And this is what I want to do in your life. And the reason why you're going through this is because I had to cut away. There's something called circumcision. God cuts away what's natural to us, but what's no good. Circumcision is that. It's when you cut away a part of a man that is there, was born with it, but he doesn't need it. In the Old Testament, it was a sign and a covenant. God was saying, cut away that, the flesh part of it, because I'm making a covenant with you, and blood was cut, and there was a covenant. In the New Testament, it speaks about circumcision, that God circumcises our heart. He circumcises the sin, the, the stuff that's no good. It's natural, it's natural to a man, but it doesn't serve a, you know, a really amazing purpose. Furthermore, if a man isn't clean with himself, he could harbor uh, bacteria, yes. right? And during the act of intimacy with his wife, he could pass that on to her womb. Yes. And, and all that dirtiness and, and all that filth could go into the future. See, that's why it's important for God to cut away the stuff that's natural to us, but it's not good for our future. Because if it goes into the womb of the future, and all that mess goes in with it, all that baggage, the minute you try to serve God, the minute you try, or you become influential, the enemy got something. He's got something on you. So he cuts that away. He's purifying us, making us holy. And one of the ways God uses to make us holy is adversity. So we recommit to pursuing our future together with God instead of on our own. And we also, another thing about adversity is we learn to depend on others. When we're strong and we don't need God, we can do it ourselves, I don't need anybody. But when you are broken like this, when adversity comes to you, you realize just how important people are. I need the body, because I'm part of a body. I was never a Lone Ranger. Imagine that, a finger walking around outside. When I remember, remember thing, thing. You need, that's not real. The hand, in order to be effective, has to be connected to the body, and that's where the anointing flows. That's where life flows. We need each other. Amen. Praise God. So it allows us to tap into the invisible. This way, we're able to do what is seemingly impossible. During adversity, that's where you get the heroes. It's during these crises times, the times where emergencies happen. Somebody shows up and does something crazy. The mother lifts up a car because the child is underneath. And the woman's only 98 pounds wet. You know, that's, that's what heroes are made. It's during times of adversity. We trust God's resources since we know we're limited. And our challenges many times are much larger than us, stronger than us. Uh, you know, it takes more than just our abilities and resources. Adversity helps us to touch and to literally connect with the supernatural aspect of the anointing of God for us. Because God has an anointing for us. In adversity, there is an anointing for that. Also, when we go through adversity, we deepen those um, muscles 
the muscles of continuity, the muscles uh, to be able to continue, to be constant. It gives you the muscles to become a pillar. Amen. Initially, when you first start, it's easy to give up. Oh, I remember I used, man, let me tell you, some of the jobs I got, <laughs> I don't one time I walked off a job. I'm talking about a nice job. I thought I had an apartment overseeing Hudson, right? Hudson River. You could see the Statue of Liberty, three-bedroom, fireplace, garage, nice salary. I walked off that building, millionaire building, because I got offended. Because, you know, the supervisor was very, very tough and, and, and really unrealistic on, on some things. So one day I got upset. I said, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I, I, because you did this, because you did this, I resigned. So I left. You know, I felt really good about that. I, I felt, you know, really, wow, this is, oh, I didn't know people could feel so good <laughs> for a week or two. And, <clears throat> and then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then, and then afterwards, I, the checks stopped coming in. We had to move out of the apartment. I had to leave that garage. I started realizing, you know, I should have thought that through. But once you make your decision, many times you have to live with your decision. Right? But I learned for that. I learned that I have to toughen up my ability to receive injustice. My ability. Yeah. I have to toughen my ability to uh, see people throw things at me that are unfair, that are not right, and yet still stand. Still stand. And since I was in an industry that there were so many of them, you know, I had to learn how to just let things roll, you know, just fall off me. Like duck skin, water and, and duck skin. So I realized you can't take things personal to the degree that you let it touch your heart. Oh, I said something deep right now. They can touch you, but don't let it touch your heart. I'm going to say it again. It can touch you. I mean, what? Serious? Yeah, but don't let it touch your heart. Because the minute it touches your heart, it goes deep within, and it starts changing you. It starts, it starts gnawing at you. It starts beating you down. It starts weakening your ability to, to stand. So we need to understand that one, one of the things that adversity does is it strengthens our ability to stand against adversity. When we have strong faith in God and his word, we'll be able to stand, especially during those difficult times that all of us have to experience by necessity. Remember, where there's no faith for the future, there's no power in the present. I'm going to say it again. Where there's no faith for the future, there's no power in the present. So the enemy tries to attack your hope for the future so that you will have no power in the present. Amen. And another thing that, that adversity does is it helps you to become an overcomer. Yes. And in being an overcomer, you attract other overcomers. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Yes. Overcomers attract overcomers. After a while, you start recognizing each other. After a while, you become a pillar. You're immovable. You get hit, you continue to stand. Praise God. I, I thought maybe in one of the videos I was sharing um, that pillars are, are amazing, amazing things. 
amazing creations. Right now, we're in this building because there are pillars all around us. When was the last time you came into this building and thanked the pillar? Why are you laughing? You don't. It's, it's just understood. The pillars are there. We trust the pillar to always be there. This morning, I was coming in the Amtrak. We went down to 34th Street. I saw a lot of pillars. Yes. And I looked at them. Yep. I identify with that thing. Because pillars are always there. When you go through a bridge, how many times when you go through a bridge, you stop the car, then look, look over and thank the pillar? No? Why not? Does such a great job. Yet that pillar is there summer, spring, winter, and fall. You know the only, uh, the only thing a pillar sees? Other pillars. They identify with each other. They recognize each other. They're all holding the load together. And that's what most people don't understand. When God is bringing you up to pillar status, you're going to go through wind, you're going to go through summer, spring, winter, and fall. Other people are going to walk on your shoulders because, because as a bridge, as you're going through, who are, you, who are you standing on? The pillar's shoulders. The pillar helps you to connect different land masses, and that pillar helps transport of vehicles that bring food, resources, ideas, concepts, right? You connect it to your friends, your family members. If that bridge wasn't there, let's say the George Washington Bridge wasn't there, what would you do? Well, you'd have to go down the hill, climb down the hill, and go into the water, and swim across. No? Nah, man, I'll go through the tunnel. Yeah, but what if the tunnel didn't exist? Because the tunnel also has pillars. Like I said, you go down the hill, go, go through the water, get to the other side all soaking wet. That's if you make it. But some of us can't swim that far. Pillars. Pillars are the ones that are going to do that. So the third thing is th this issue of adversity. So the first one is? We're at war. Second one is? We have an adversary. The third thing is? Adversity. So adversity, the original meaning is tightness, trouble, adversary coming against you, affliction, anguish, distress, tribulation. So it's all those things and a bag of chips. Yeah, it's, it's the whole compendium. So um, the word sarah also means narrow, a tight place. It's when you feel, you know, you ever felt that stress when you almost can't breathe? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's adversity. Stress usually comes because of some type of adversity. So adversity, therefore, can be a foe, a physical foe, a spiritual foe. It's distress. Distress, something that is close to you, brings you to that tight place. And Proverbs 17, 17 says something very interesting. It says, he that is a friend loves at all times, and a brother is proved in distress. Another version says, it's proved in adversity. So a brother is proved in distress. So when you're going through your difficult times, most of your friends are gone. The only ones that will remain are your friends. And that's the litmus test. 
that's the litmus test. Everything's all right, as long as everybody's okay. But the minute difficult times come in, guess what? You're going to see, and then you'll see those that remain. Ah, those are the ones I'm dancing with. I mean, it's just the way it is. This is the, the truth, a scriptural truth. You want to keep everybody, but you can't keep everybody. After a while, God will whittle you down, whittle down the things that you think are important, and then after adversity, you will see the things, because the only things that will remain are the things that are important, and the things that belong to your assignment. Amen. Praise God. So, several principles regarding adversity. Within every adversarial situation, you will always have an anointing and wisdom. It's always there. Think about Joseph. Remember Joseph? He was in prison. He was uh, uh, you know, sold to slavery. But in his adversarial situation, God gave him a wisdom that was within him actually for several years until such time. You know, it's interesting. I, I often think about Joseph. Uh, two hours before Joseph you know, was brought before Pharaoh, he didn't know. This was just a regular day for him in prison. Two hours before Pharaoh sp uh, speaks to him and asks him to interpret a dream or several dreams he had, he was in prison. You never know when your shift is coming. The key is in the midst of adversity, you keep the anointing within you, let it flow. Even in the midst of adversity. Because let me tell you, Joseph wasn't in prison sulking. He was busy administrating. He was so successful in prison that the jailers gave him the charge of the entire prison. So in your time of adversity, even there, there's a time and, and opportunities for you to do something for the glory of God, for the benefit of people, and to work your faith. You don't work your faith when everything finishes. You work your faith before it even starts. You work your faith every day. Hallelujah. What about Daniel? Remember Daniel? Daniel was trained classically. And he knew the word. So as a young man, when he got brought over to Babylon, you know, he, he, he knew the word. He, he, he was uh, more honorable than the other young men. Him and the, the, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, it, was, it, it was so obvious, and God moved so powerfully through these young men, that Daniel rose to preeminence, and he served under three Babylonian kings. I mean, that doesn't happen automatically. It happened to Joseph, and it happened to Daniel and his friends. But they went through a lot of tribulation. They went through a lot of adversity. But adversity brought out the best. I'm going to say that again. Adversity brought out the best. When you go through adversity, what does it bring out? I didn't get any amens there. Probably you think, oh man, when adversity comes, uh, <laughs> everybody hears it. Yeah, yeah, it'll bring out something. What is it that it's bringing out? So another thing, God renews our strength when we trust and we wait upon him. So Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So as we wait upon the Lord, even during times of adversity, 
God will renew our strength. Say to your neighbor, you need your strength renewed? Well, guess what? God is renewing strength. Amen. Another thing is that when we see miraculous power, many times in scripture, it came either during the time of battle or the time of crisis or the time of adversity. Remember Moses at the Red Sea? Yes. Oh yeah, they had a leisurely stroll. They were uh, with the beach, you know, and enjoying themselves and suddenly God showed up. No. No, they, they were, I'm talking about, they were, we're going to die today if God doesn't intervene. I mean, Pharaoh was coming with all of his ire, with all of his anger, and all he wanted to do was just decimate them. His pride level had gone through the ceiling, and he was angry. He had lost his firstborn. He said, I'm going to get these people. I'm going to get revenge. And if it was not for a miracle, yeah, in every adversity, there's an anointing to shift your situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Adversity also exposes your current mindset. Your current mindset many times does not fit into your new season. So God has to rework you. He has to rework your mind. Because the mind always has to be renewed on a consistent basis. And God's taking you from level to level, from glory to glory. So for every new season, we need a new mindset. Every new level, there's a new devil. You can't fight that level with the old tools. So what happens is, is that it brings us into a fuller understanding of our weapons of warfare. They're mighty through God. It, it brings us, it connects us more to the unity of the brethren. It connects us more to our prayer, the prayer of agreement. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We start declaring these verses, and we mean it, and we believe it, and we stand on it. Hallelujah. It, it exposes our current mindset and our destructive behaviors. Because your destructive behaviors don't come out during peacetime. They come out during war. They come out in crisis. I got no amens. So that, that means that, that that's hitting us. It's touching that little sore spot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's during those times where your mess comes up and it gives you an opportunity to see what's in there. It's like prego, it's in there. And then God allows you to deal with that. So God, I don't know where that came from. Well, it was in you all along. You need to deal with that. Because if you don't deal with that, again, you come into the future with your baggage. And what happens is, if you come into the future with your baggage, you won't be able to stand, you won't be able to apprehend it and conquer that level. You'll go back to the previous level. That's what ends up happening. And it happens to many people. They go to a higher level and immediately go back. It's because they haven't resolved some things within them. Good, good, Pastor. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is serious stuff. So adversity also weeds out the whiner in you. <laughs> and it brings out the overcomer in you. See, we're all whiners, and then we start maturing. 
Then we whine a little less, a little less, a little less. And after a while, we're not whining anymore. Amen. And when you're children, that's, that's what you do. But the Bible says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I grew up, I left the childish things. There comes a time where adversity starts weaning out the child. Can somebody say amen? Amen. No, you got to get rid of that child. So even though we go through adversity, remember, he's already blessed us. We are already blessed. I say we're already blessed and highly favored. There's actually a verse that says that, by the way. Not just Mary, but for us also. But Ephesians 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So we are already blessed. So we just need to walk in that blessing and identify more with our spirit man versus our soulish man. We are a tripart being. We live in a body. We have a soul. Right? And what else? Exactly. We are actually a spirit. So the spirit lives in this body and has a soul. Our soul is our will, our intellect, our thinking, our uniqueness. It makes us unique, who we are. Right? But we're actually spirit beings. So when we live in the spirit, we'll be able to see things that our flesh is doing and we'll say, no, I don't, that's not, that's not me. But when we're living in the flesh, then what happens is we'll just address everything as fleshly individuals. Does anybody here have a, let me see, first, first, is it First Corinthians? First Corinthians chapter 3. Does anybody have an amplified version? No. Al, do you have an amplified version? On the phone. Hey. On the phone. I got all the Well, no, I wasn't going to share this, but let me see. First, first Corinthians chapter 3, is it? Let me see. First Corinthians 3 and Amplify. First Corinthians 3. So what happened? Go for it. I, I, I heard you. <laughs> That's amplified? Yeah, yeah. Ah, see, I knew it all along. It's just I just wanted to get you guys into your word. Listen to this. That's, uh, verse 1, uh, verse, verse, verse 1 through 3, right? Okay. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as spiritual men, but as non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates. As to mere infants. So it, it equates being in the flesh as an infant yes. in the new life in Christ unable to talk yet wow. go, to, go to verse 12 wow. I fed you with milk now with solid food you know the meat this one's online <laughs> I fed you with milk now with solid food for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it but even yet you're not strong enough to be ready for it verse 3 for you're still unspiritual having the nature of the flesh under control of ordinary impulses. As, for as long as there is envying, jealousy, 
wrangling factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after human standard and like mere, mere unchanged men? The word. See, so when we operate in envy, jealousy, wranglings, factions, which is like a division or, uh, you know, I belong to him, he belongs to him, uh, I belong to this group, that group. We're unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after human standard and like mere unchanged men. Wow. Praise God. The word of the Lord. So we have to understand that one of the things that, that the enemy comes at, he comes at you to try to get you to that place where you're no longer focusing in the spirit. You're no longer focusing in your inheritance. As a believer, you're a mere man, a mere human. In other words, you're in the flesh and you're acting, reacting the way everybody else does. But remember this always, Satan doesn't just attack you. He's also attacking your purpose and your destiny. It's larger than just you. There are people that are waiting for you, people that are depending upon you. There are people that are supposed to walk on your shoulders. There are people that will stand because there's an anointing on you that will help to deliver them. And adversity will help to wean out all the garbage so that you could stand as a pillar and be that change agent that God has called you to be. The other thing is you have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm going to say that again. You have to learn to encourage yourself. Sometimes there's not going to be anybody that's going to encourage you. How many times have I called three, four people and none of them pick up? I said, man, I got to encourage myself. You got to encourage yourself in the word. You got to declare the word because sometimes they won't be there. I mean, the body is there, yes, but sometimes at that moment, you have to encourage yourself like David did. Another thing that adversity will do is it'll bring you back to the secret place. It'll, it'll bring you back to God. That's what adversity does. And we also need to realize adversity came to pass. Say to your neighbor, it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It only comes for seasons. Sometimes you have great seasons. Other times you have war, warfare seasons. So you have to understand what season are you in. You don't select it. It just comes at you. Sometimes you're just walking down the street and it's a bah, adversity. Oh, man. Huh, I wasn't expecting you today. Yeah, I'm going to be with you for the next two months. I don't want you. Get away from me. But no, you can't, you can't select that. You have to deal with it. You have to, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Sometimes you have to walk through these valleys. Came to pass. And remember, at the end of the day, it's not your battle. It's the Lord's battle. And your battle is not against people. None of you here are my enemy. My supervisor wasn't my enemy. My enemy was that, the enemy that was moving him, you know, like a, like a marionette. So my battle is against principalities and powers. And, and I love it because the scripture teaches us to posture ourselves like if we were going to win. Ask, ask your neighbor, how are you postured? 
So are you posture to win or your posture to give up? At the, at the first moment of adversity, what are you thinking? You're already, you're already practicing. What did you say? What did you say? <laughs> you start doing the moon, moon wash. Yeah, I'm out of here. No, no, no. You have to posture yourself to win. Praise God. Remember, we are, we, are, we are representing the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ went all the way to the cross. He never gave up, never gave in. He, gave, he mentored that for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're aware of the devices of the enemy. We're aware of these devices by God's Holy Spirit. So when we see them, we go, mm-hmm, I know exactly what's going on. See, after a while, you start really realizing this. After a while, you realize, this, this is not normal. This is not normal, and I got to pray. I got to call my prayer warriors. We, we need to break that, this spirit, because there's, there's something that the enemy is trying to bring here, and I don't tolerate, I don't accept it. Hallelujah. And what does First John, John 4, 4 say? It says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Right, Dr. Richie? It's one of your favorite verses. He's, he's always quoting that. And I quote it too. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And also, we're not alone. We're surrounded by angels. While you're going through adversity, the angels of God are there with you. And the Holy Spirit's with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Second Corinthians chapter 13, I think. The last verse. Who's, who has that? Second Corinthians chapter 13 I don't have that in my notes read that let me see if I'm right last verse okay so let's break that down the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God so Jesus gave us grace on the cross. Yes. And you know God is God. He's love. That's right. But look at what it says about Holy Spirit. The word fellowship and communion are both apropos to that. That's the original connotation. The communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Who's with us now? Holy Spirit. We speak more to people we don't even know, Facebook friends, Twitter friends, than we do to Holy Spirit. And yet, we're supposed to be in communion with Holy Spirit because, because Holy Spirit is in communion with you. Jesus promised, he said, I would never leave you nor forsake you. I will send another comforter. Another, that word another, it means of the same ilk. Same. I'm sending you me. Third person of the Trinity. I'm sending you Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is with you now. When you leave this building, Holy Spirit will be with you. When you're just about going, before going to bed, Holy Spirit is there with you. At work, Holy Spirit is with you. Never leaves you nor forsakes you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Adversity also reveals your maturity level. It lets you know where you're at. Ecclesiastes 7.14 in the Living Bible says this Enjoy prosperity whenever you can 
and when hard times strike, realize that God gives one as well as others. So that everything will realize, so, so that everybody will realize that there's nothing certain in this life. So there are times we have prosperity. There are times when hard times strike. God gives prosperity and God allows hard times from time to time. So understand that. We, we have to understand nothing is certain in this life. Yeah, but I like that previous season. So remember it fondly. Take a picture. Do a video while you're having a nice time in the beach or whatever it may be. Because when hard times come, you also have to understand God is in both. And it will work through both. Proverbs 24.10 If you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? In another version, in the Living Version, it says this. You are a poor specimen if you can't stand the pressure of adversity. That's tough. Nobody. How are we during times of adversity? So what are some of the things we can do? Number one, always remember that God anticipated this moment. He knows you were going to go through this. So Psalms 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. During times of adversity, you run to God and know that he is with you. And it didn't take him by surprise. He already released an anointing for that, a wisdom for that. And he'll walk with you through that. He'll be with you through that. Number two, if you have to get counsel, get counsel. That's good. True champions always know the importance of counsel. Ignorance can be deadly. Proverbs 11:14, where there's no counsel, people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The third thing is trust God. Trust God, even though you don't understand what's going on at the moment. You serve a very capable God. He can turn the hearts of kings. He can open up the sea at a heartbeat. I mean, he can do everything, anything. Praise God. You serve a very capable God. You're on his mind. Your tears, your pain, your fears are important to him. And it is he, at, at the end of the day, that makes wars to cease. Psalms 46, verse 9. He makes wars to cease. Number four, oh, this is so important. Keep the spirit of a finisher. Yes, yes, yes. Don't give up, don't give in. Anyone can begin a marathon. But only champions finish them. We have a marathoner here. Yeah. Yeah, where's the marathon? Oh, you're hiding. You're hiding, be, you're hiding be, be behind uh, Deacon Bias. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. How, what did you do last time? 13 miles? That's crazy. Ran 13 miles? Mm. You didn't do my time, though. I got in my car. I did 13 miles in about 10 minutes. Oh, that's, that's, that's insane. Marathons are not easy. Sprints are easy. Someone once said, uh, a sprinter could go very fast, but he doesn't go very far. Only the marathoners go far. So it is those who stay strong to the finish who are rewarded. So pace yourself. 
Don't try to finish this right away. Right. It's a lifetime journey, but determined to go the distance. And you, you keep that, that spirit of the, of the finisher within you. Second Timothy 4, 7, Paul said this, I have fought the good fight, yes, I have yes. finished the course, I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. And then the fifth point on this is, you're not alone. You may feel targeted by the enemy, you might even feel that everything's crashing around you, but remember, you're not alone. First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, he says, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Yeah. You're not the only one going through this. Amen. Say to your neighbor, you're not the only one. Yeah. We're all going through this. The sixth thing about this, which is very important, guard your mind. Yes. Guard your mind. Put on the helmet of salvation. Yes. And when we put on the helmet, we're putting on the word. You're putting on Jesus. Your mind is the birthplace, the incubator, the beginning point of everything you do. And if he can mess with your mind, he'll paralyze you. His whole strategy is to break that focus that you have on God. See, he wants to sabotage your concentration and abort your assignment from God. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. The real battle is the, is the battle for the mind. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. What was the first point? Second point? Third point? You go through adversity. So we, we dealt somewhat with adversity today. I think a lot was said, but now you need to meditate on it, ruminate on this. Listen to it again. Get these points, write them down, because whenever you write something down, uh, you can remember anywhere from 40 to 70% of it. If you just hear it, after a while you forget. You might remember 5%, 10%. So go home, write it down. Do like I do. I have notes, 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 voluminous notes. Notes from 25 years ago, I still go back to those notes. They're gold to me. My wife, she's on this bent. I know she's listening to me right now. She wants to organize everything. And, 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 and she, she's so, Victor, you gotta do some of these things. I says, don't you dare touch my notes. That's gold. Mess with everything else, but don't touch that. Now think about it. Whenever you write something, you remember it. You remember it. Now, she's doing a great job. She has everything organized now. Now I know where everything is, except, except my stuff. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a creative. Creatives can sometimes be messy. And she goes, what in the world is this? I said, don't touch that. There's an organization that you know not of. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get anything out of this? Praise God. Right. So, this is the first portion of this. We're going to give a lot more. And it, it, listen, by the time we're finished with this, you're going to be thoroughly equipped to be able to deal with any kind of adversity. And it's going to take you to a higher level. Because once you're able to deal with these things, and part of deliverance, actually, 
is when you could identify the things that are inside of you that are really hurting you. But they're so natural to you and you're so used to it that you think that that's, it is what it is. I am who I am. No, that stuff doesn't even belong in your new season. So God will deliver you from these things and you'll be able to walk with a higher authority. And the anointing will flow easier. So, amen. Uh, bring your friends, family members next week because we, everybody needs to hear this. This is not just for a select few. I mean, I, I love you guys, but, you know, we all should be hearing this. Praise God. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We love and praise you, my God. We magnify your holy, holy, holy name. Holy Spirit, I pray, oh God, that you would embed these truths, these principles in our spirit, man, that we might be able, Lord God, to walk it, understand it, uh, to serve you and to serve each other, Lord God, as you would give us that privilege in a spirit of excellence, in a spirit of the finisher, Lord God, the overcomer. Strengthen us, my God, so that as adversity passes, passes by, that we would be able to stand, that we would not give in, give up. On the contrary, that we would stand and shine, be beacons of, of example and hope to others, and we'll praise you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Give me praise. Um, who here did not get my video? You didn't get my video? Okay. Email or text? Text. Text or email or something? No, no text, right? No. You don't get text? All right. Give me, give me a list of those. Anybody else? Everybody got the, the, um, the video? Everybody? Wow, I'm doing well. Yeah, because the goal is I want to communicate with you every week, maybe once or twice, uh, some, some of the principles that God is sharing with me. That's why we don't have to wait till Sunday. Amen. We get to get the training Tuesdays, get trainings Thursdays, right? Sundays, but also during the week. Praise God. And also respond to them. What, what did you think about the cover, the, the, you know, the digital cover? With me pointing like that or something. What do you think? I'm, I'm, I'm playing with these things to try to understand it. That's the way people consume videos today. Just so, you know, you, you got to go with the flow. So instead of putting a, a somebody I don't know there, I put myself. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what you got to do. So I already have another one. So probably Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll be sending it out. Uh, so don't just uh, see it, enjoy it. Also share. And another thing, for us to be able to get it to other people, I want you to also like and subscribe. Because that also, it, it actually allows the program to be seen by other people. I don't understand the process, but I know that's the way it works. Search, search engine optimization. But that's what I said. Thank you. That, that was college level. I'm, I'm just talking high school here. But that's exactly what it is. It's, it optimizes the ability of other people. It's all based on algorithms. So we'll see what happens. But the thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. The only one that, that I can't beat is, is Eli. Eli, he's, he has a way of, he, he puts pictures and then he puts his head right on it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and every day he'll come, he'll, he'll say good morning and, and he has the mafia there 
or he has, uh, I don't know, just so many different things. I enjoy seeing his, his Facebook posts. Um, but we have to do that. We have to communicate with the people and let them know about the love of God, the grace of God. And that's, how we, that's one of the ways we can do it. Not, not to mention the fact I'm, I'm warfaring with the prophetic word. What was the prophetic word? That we would have thousands of members through online. Remember that? So we're just basically working alongside, warfaring with those prophetic words. Praise God. Let's all stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. God bless you all. Love you very much. God bless you greatly this week and give you his wisdom, his favor. Um, and also, again, take these principles to heart. The verses, read through them and just meditate on them. Because that's one of the ways Holy Spirit speaks to us, is as we're reading the word, he speaks. So allow, allow God to uh, speak to you as you're studying the word. Praise God. So Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this beautiful day of fellowship. Thank you, uh, Lord, for the bread and blood. We're so grateful to you, Lord God. Thank you that you have made us family. So as we leave this place, I pray that your word would just sink deeply in our hearts and may your love flow like rivers of living water, uh, my God. And bless your people as they go to their homes, as they go to fellowship. Uh, just uh, grant them great grace and favor and wisdom. Wisdom and strength for the journey. We'll give you the praise for it. And we dismiss now from this place, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 God bless you. Remember, you're blessed and you're highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you to be.